Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Do you need heavy equipment or farm equipment? Look no further than Southern Equipment and Parts in Laurel. We have a wide selection of new and used equipment from many top brands. We also offer parts, service, and rentals. Whether you're a contractor, farmer, or just need help around the house, we have what you need. Southern Equipment is your one-stop shop for all farm and heavy equipment. Visit us at 5237 Highway 84 West and southernequipparts.com or call 601-651-4555. Pre-record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two. Roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, it's Friday, our favorite day of the week on the Super Talk Eagle Hour. We're glad you're with us. We're broadcasting from the Southern Bank Course Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel this afternoon. The full crew here, Bob and Kelly in Hattiesburg, Luke and Laurel. We're glad you're with us. Dickie's Barbecue Pit sponsors this segment of our show every day. It is a great place to take your family for dinner. It's also a great place to cater your next football weekend, baseball weekend, whatever it may be, great place to uh, cater anytime. Uh, Dickie's Barbecue has a plan for everybody, and they do such a great job. We appreciate all they do for the Eagle Hour. Hey, we're glad to have Lance Ankar in the studio with us today. He is, of course, the uh, strength and conditioning coach for the Southern Miss Golden Eagle football program. We're going to spend the hour uh, with Coach Ankar. Coach, uh, you were telling us before we went on the air, you're about to wrap up uh, preseason uh, training on, on your end and get ready to practice. Yeah, and, uh, you know, guys have been killing it, you know. So I'm excited about uh, the product and uh, just, you know, the way they've attacked every single day, you know. But, yeah, it's wrapping up and it's about go time, you know. So yeah. uh, I'm excited to see them, you know, perform out there. All right, tell us what's been going on this summer. You've had them, I guess, for the past several weeks. and Give us an example of an average day. So, um, like, say on a Monday, uh, you know, we'll have – different lift groups, you know, starting at 7 o'clock. They'll run and lift during that time. And then pretty much every two hours after that, we're just rolling. So mid-skill will go at 7, then skill at 9, and then the big boys at 11. I like to get the big boys in the heat, you know, get them rolling around a little bit. But, uh, you know, then uh, from there, you know, it's just kind of doing what they need uh, for their individual bodies to uh, maintain and uh, work on individual needs. So, we're up there pretty much from six to five every day, um, you know, with the the groups that's mandatory, but also if they they need any individual work. So clearly, there's a new culture in town uh, with Will Hall and all of you guys that, that have come in. But kind of give us a, a feeling of the vibe right now in the, with the guys. I think it's just uh, an excitement, and uh, um, you know, we talked about it the other day. Is that there's a a certain expectation now, uh, and that's something that we necessarily didn't have before. So it's almost that we're excited that people are expecting things out of us now because that means that, you know, they understand, um, you know, the work that we've been putting in, the people that we've been bringing in. And, um, you know, we have that same expectation for ourselves and we can't uh, wait to go out there and, uh, you know, perform and and see, you know, the hard work pay off. Yeah, How bigger and stronger is this football team today 
than when you first came here? It, it's hard to 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 say, but they understand the expectation now, and they know uh, the way we're going to do things. So I think the way that they attack it is a whole lot different. Uh, but we have, you know, gotten a whole lot bigger, strong, and I think that's a, a testament to recruiting. Also, you know, when you recruit better, obviously it's going to make me look better. But um, those guys. You know, they've been attacking every single day. And I think just knowing each other over the last couple of years has helped that whole process. One of the things that, I, that I've always uh, found fascinating, Coach Ankar, is the, the difference between being strong and being too strong that you lose some of your flexibility and mobility. Is that a fair concern? Because, I mean, you can be big and strong, but if you can't move, it seems to me your strength's not going to matter. So how do you judge that that fine line? Yeah, it, it, you know, you can get too stiff, you know, per yeah. se. And uh, guys that don't really work on mobility, they don't, uh, you know, do the things that we uh, tend to do, especially on our Wednesdays is, is a huge day that we work on mobility. We do yoga, uh, a lot really? of stuff. Yeah, you know, and obviously it, it's not – you know, anything that's going to uh, wear them down. You know, it's more of uh, us getting together in the team room and doing uh, some yoga that's just going to help in some of those problem areas like hips, uh, working on, you know, shoulder mobility, working on things that uh, obviously when you start lifting weights and you start to become a little bit more muscled up, they're going to become a little bit stiffer. So we're just trying to work on things that, you know, helps that whole process and make them more flexible to where, you know, it helps – with the injuries. There is so much science that goes into this. It's almost it's almost mind-boggling. But obviously a weight program for a DB is not going to be the same type of weight program for an offensive or defensive lineman. So how do you go about piecing together different programs for different positions? And then even those positions, you make those finite programs for individual players based on their individual weaknesses. Yeah, yeah. Um it's one of those things that is tough to do, uh, especially in a team setting, just because you have so many guys in there. And that's the reason why I do like to break them up by their uh, not position groups as much, but, you know, obviously the the mid skill, you know, which are your linebackers, your quarterbacks, your tight ends, uh, guys that are all kind of the same weight that's going to be doing the same things. Uh, your DBs and your wide receivers, my skill guys, they're going to be doing something a little bit different, and my big boys are going to be doing different. And it, it more or less is the, the running you know, but also some of the supersets, you know, uh, our big boys, we're going to have them pushing more than uh, working on speed. They're going to be doing short bursts instead of doing longer uh, distances, you know, because really at the end of the day, you know, that wide receiver is going to be running that deep ball. You know, hopefully my old lineman, the only time that they're running downfield is to go celebrate, you know. So uh, just really focusing on the things that they're going to be doing on the field and also attacking that energy system that they're going to be using. You know, those offensive linemen, it's quick burst, it's mashing for, you know, three, four seconds, you know, which is a long time as a play. So, uh, you know, those skill guys, they might have to go and then hurry up and get back and then do it again. So just try training those energy systems for a game. And I know we've got you the whole hour, and I know Luke's got, got a lot to ask you. Luke's lived, lived it. He's actually been through it. But when you, when you look at these, you know, these different positions as well, Bob and I always joke about the old days. Everybody did the same weight. And it was just weight training, and it was kind of unsupervised. You know, all the, but now you've got you know, plyometrics. You've got you know, the, the, the weight. And now you've incorporated yoga. Where has been the biggest evolution in weight training, particularly pertaining to football, would you say, in the past 10 to 15 years? 
I think when it comes to load, you know, I think that's something that a lot of coaches are conscious of now. And I know Coach Hall does a great job of it. And no, no, what does that mean? So that's like player load as far as how many, how much yardage you're getting in a particular practice, in a particular session, to where you know we look at that load throughout the week. And if a guy is just uh, getting, you know, seven thousand yards per day, you know, like uh, some of our wide receivers at practice, when you're talking about that type of load over. A sustained season you have to kind of cut back in certain areas on certain days to make sure that they're not overtraining or overexerting themselves and I think that's a big part of we use GPS on guys and these little trackers uh, it shows us exactly how much yardage they're getting in a day it shows us a high speed uh, you know so uh, I think just having those trackers is huge as far as to get the load and make sure that they're hitting things that they need to hit. So is that like a like a Fitbit or something that most people would know as a Fitbit? No, it's actually we uh, kind of almost, you know, it looks almost like a, I guess you would say a sports bra, but it has a little pocket in the back. And we have a, a GPS tracker that goes in the back pocket. That is unbelievable. Yeah. We also have them on the shoulder pads, too. So, like, during the game, uh, we track how much yardage, uh, high speed during the game. And uh, that gives us a lot of information to where when we're training, we can hit those same type of numbers. We can hit those same type of yardages when we're training to make sure that they're ready for a game. Yeah, you know, Coach, uh, Kelly has the GPS thing, but that's part of his probation. So oh, hey. It's, it's around my ankle. Yeah, this turn is up. probably yeah. <laughs> All right, about 90 seconds in this segment. Luke, get in here. I would like to know. I would wish I had that on me in the Cal game when the extra point got blocked, guys, and I was trying to run the guy down, and uh, I ran out after about. Ankar, I was good for about sixty-five yards, and then it was over after that. I was running. I, I was in the high. I was probably in the mid fours for about sixty yards, and then I came to a dead stop. But, but yeah, real quick, and we'll talk more about this after after the break. I, I do think my position in my group of uh, positions, the specialist uh, people, people poke fun at us, but there are occasionally some guys that can really throw up some some weight. Yeah, uh, to be honest with you, you know we've got uh, in. You know, I guess when you're talking about specialists, you also have them uh, snappers. You know, they're almost like linebackers. They have to go down there and make plays. They have to block. So, you know, really just the only people that we treat a little bit different are the kickers and the punters because you don't have guys that can do that on the field, you know, all the time. So quarterbacks, kickers, punters, we treat them a little bit differently. But, uh, you know, as far as specialists, you're still a football player. You hear that. You hear that, guys. He just said that we're football players. Yeah, but I have seen some NFL, you know, punters and blockers too, because they don't wear a whole lot of padding. So sometimes they're, you know, you see their guns sticking out and all that, and they go, some, "Man, some of, those, some of those guys are pretty cut." Hey, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. hey, just yeah. before, before we go to break, my this is the only one I'll mention. I, I threw up three plates or more on power clean and car while I was at Southern Miss. That's that's good. Interestingly, that's interesting. No I just threw up three plates at the China buffet. <laughs> <laughs> That's every day, too. Well, <laughs> Lance Ankar, strength conditioning coach for Southern Miss football, good friend of the Eagle Hour. He'll be with us the whole hour. Stay with us, Mordeco, uh, with Coach Ankar on the other side of the break.
You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. All right, welcome back. This segment is sponsored by Campus Bookmart at campusbookmart.net. Miss Kathleen's the best. She's on Hardy Street. She's open seven days a week with all the Southern Miss swag. You can also shop her online at the Southern at the campusbookmart.net. I want to thank the Noel Daniels Motor Company for all they do. You know you can buy a new Icon golf cart for the Noel Daniels Motor Company and get it delivered anywhere in Mississippi. Just $99. They carry electric vehicles for all your needs on the golf course, the farm, and now, of course, the neighborhood. It is the chic thing to do. And remember, they'll deliver it right to your front door anywhere in Mississippi for just $99. For more information, tell your phone, take me to Noel Daniels Motor Company in Brandon or shop online at noeldaniels.cars. Busy, busy week for the Eagle Hour next week. Kelly Sander will be at the Sunbelt Media Days in New Orleans Tuesday and Wednesday. He'll be uh, doing reports uh, from there both days. Got Coach Hall scheduled for a 1.30 a live interview Tuesday, and the, as well as some of the players that will be down there with Coach. And then Kelly will be also uh, grabbing interviews and sound bites with all the opposing coaches from the Sun Belt. That will be a lot of fun. Thursday we'll be at Ramey Motors in Purvis, and Friday we'll be at the Dixie Youth World Series at Doliac Field in Hattiesburg. Kelly's pretty familiar, too, with uh, – with uh, baseball, uh, kids baseball, and uh, th- that should be fun. I've coached in two Dixie Youth World Series. Quite uh, quite memorable events even for us old folks. Right, so we're looking forward to that. Tuesday and Wednesday at the uh, Sunbelt Media Days, Thursday at Ramey's, Friday's the Dixie Youth World Series. Other than that, Sander, we have nothing to do next week. Actually, Coach Ank, our media day really is kind of the official here it comes, right? Uh, I know these guys, they're, they're excited, you know, and you got Coach Hall down there and uh, Jay Stanley and, you know, uh, also Cocavallo. And, you know, you couldn't ask for better guys representing the program. Yeah, no question. Well, uh, Coach, I want to ask you about this. And I was talking to you a little bit this off air. Uh, you do the strength and conditioning, but you do so much more than that on the football team. And generally speaking, if you look at a football team, the strength and conditioning coach sort of vanishes during the game. You're everywhere. You're up and down the field. You're on the field. You're kind of, you're kind of, you know, lassoing the guys in, getting them in groups, talking to them. Uh, I think you 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 generate a ton of enthusiasm on the sidelines. But how did you get into that? It's almost like you and Coach Hall have practiced that. Y'all just so fluid together. Yeah, um, you know, I think. Obviously, you know, like we were talking about, me and Coach Hall, we've known each other for so long. Uh, you know, I've been knowing him since I was 18 years old. So uh, when you know somebody that long, you start to kind of pick up on things that they do. And, uh, you know, we can complete each other's sentences a lot of time. And uh, I can just read them sometimes and, you know, know what he wants done and how he wants it done. And uh, the other side of that is just – being there for the guys, whether it be, you know, going run and get water or get a towel or, um, you know, hurting them up to where they can uh, make adjustments. Whatever it is that I can do, I just try to make myself available on game day. And uh, whatever they need, I try to make sure of it, whether it be getting a snack or, uh, you know, running inside and getting a hydration pack, whatever it could be. You know, I just want to make sure that they are strictly focused on football. Well, in your position, too, really, you probably spend more time with the football players than anybody on the staff. Yeah, and that's that's the biggest part to me is just building those relationships to where they know exactly how I'm coming, why I'm coming that way, and uh, we don't take anything personal. 
you know, we say what's on our mind to each other, and then we let it go. And it's almost mm-hmm. like a big brother, little brother type deal because uh, I, I view myself almost like as a bridge between the coaches and the players. Right. And uh, I try to make sure that, you know, the coaches are getting their um, – what they want to get across and getting the message across, but also trying to make it – relate to the guys in a way that they understand it. I've heard great impressionists, Rich Little back in the day and, and some of the other impressionists throughout the years say that they, they take a person, when they do an impression of somebody, they take the, the one characteristic that jumps out about that person more than any other. And everybody talks about your high energy, very similar to Juan Cardona, the assistant basketball coach, that you guys are all over the place, you know, all the time. What, what is, what's been the highest heart rate that you've ever recorded yourself? <laughs> Oh, it's because you are all over the place. I think around 170, you know, somewhere up in that range. 170 heartbeats a minute. Yeah, yelling on uh, third down, you know, uh, you know, especially when they get that, uh, you know, that C murder going and dun, dun, you know, you can't help it, and you know, yelling whether it's pass or run or just, you know, I don't know if they hear me or not, but it's just something that I try to stay in tune to the game to make them stay in. Actually, that. Coach Ankar, I think that's borderline stroke. Yeah, actually, it, there's a couple of times where I'm seeing stars, you know, but you just breathe out of it and you talk to yourself. You, know, you, you don't drink that Cuban coffee like Coach Cardona. Always. I've tried it at Miami and it was pretty good. Was I'm not good? even a coffee drinker, but I did enjoy yeah, it. He has like what he told us four or five cups of the Cuban coffee a day. Yeah. 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 yeah some good day. stuff. And so with the high energy and intensity that you bring to the field. Uh, talking to your colleagues all across the country, they say one of the most difficult parts of the job that a lot of people don't even realize is being able to turn it off and go home and leave their job at the field. Is it difficult for you, and how do you turn off the coaching button and turn on the husband button, etc.? I think it is easy most days. Now, after a game, is hard. I, I don't go to sleep till 3, 4 o'clock in the morning after games. Even if you win? Even if we win, you know. So most of the time we win, I'm celebrating. But if you lose, you're trying to think about how and ways that you uh, could have won the game or thinking of ways to motivate the guys that upcoming week for the next game, you know. And that that's the one thing about football is that you can't stay focused. You got you to gotta move on to the next game, uh, you know. But, yeah, it, my kids help with that, you know, because – when I get home, they want daddy to go play and go do this and go do that. So I think they help a big part of it. But on game days, it's a whole lot harder to do. Yeah, Luke? Um, Coach, uh, you and I, we, we, we played the game at the collegiate level. You're, of course, in the Hall of Fame at, at North Alabama. How, how has your profession – you know how how has it changed? You, you talked some in in the first uh, segment, but you know as what we went through because we played around the same time, late nineties, early two thousands. How has strength and conditioning changed in in a better way? Well, I think you know player safety for sure. Um, I think that's one thing that you know when talking about that load that we we're talking about. I, I think that a lot of coaches are starting to understand that you know you can't just run a team into the ground, and I, you know I've heard stories from all across the country where when a coach really understands that, you know, that GPS and that load and making sure that guys aren't getting too much mileage throughout the week, how much fresher they are on game day. And, you know, that equates to more wins. That uh, equates to a better performance. Uh, I also think just the knowledge. You know, when I was in college, it was you going into the weight room, you're doing three sets of ten of everything. And, (laughs) you know, that's just the way it was. Like, you just knew that, you know. But now just – 
the reps, the the scheme, the what we're trying to focus on, and the the different approaches. You know, it just it, it it's mind boggling how far it has come. A follow up question to that: do you, Do you think the equipment companies, and I'm you know we're not picking on anyone specifically, any company specifically, but is science and the equipment companies doing a good enough job, in your opinion, at keeping up with how much faster, bigger, and stronger guys are becoming? I think so. It's just the one thing that does suck about it is just the the, the cost. You know, yeah. they're making some big time money off of some of these things. So, you know, a lot of the things that you would love to have, you got to be willing to fork out the money for it. And, uh, you know, to me personally, uh, there are some things that I would love to have, but I also would rather feed our guys than have some, you know, gadget. But I mean, safety wise, scientifically, are they doing a good job of keeping players safer with the new equipment coming out? Yeah, I think so. And um it's still I, football, though. It's still football. Uh, you know, I, I think some of these shoulder pads, maybe, you know, they could be a little small. I, but, you know, I was used to big shoulder pads that kind of almost came to your ear, you know. But I think the helmets for sure, and I think just the knowledge of how to tackle and how to do things, it, it's just it, – it's definitely for a player self. Are, are the days that I remember over when you practiced uh, twice a day before the season – if you felt like you were going to pass out, the coach would hand you a couple of salt tablets and tell you to eat the salt tablets and shut up, put your helmet back on. Have all the are all those things gone now? Yeah, it's gone, and um, I, I think obviously you know the guys might be a little bit um, softer. I guess you would say are they softer now? Yeah. You know, it's hard to tell. I wouldn't, you know, want, I wouldn't I, want to tell them they're soft. <laughs> yeah, and you know, obviously, I say it all the time, you know, but I, I think it's just the nature of the beast, you know, it, the, the liability side, the risk isn't worth the reward from it by pushing them to that limit, you know? So I, I think it's definitely a whole lot better in that regard. But, um, I think the guys that were coming out when you and, you know, you know, for sure, but I, I'm pretty sure every generation said that we've got softer and then I'm yeah. going to say that they got softer. But yeah, it's definitely improved for the better. Are you too young to remember salt tablets? Did oh, I remember ever, salt tablets. Did you ever eat salt tablets? We had to have two every day. We we had two a days and I remember even a couple, three a days that we had. And, you uh, know, I guess D2, you can get away with some stuff that NCAA really ain't worrying do you, about. Do you remember yeah. leather helmets, Lance? I don't remember the leather helmets. Okay, all right. But do you remember the single bar helmets? I remember the single bar. <laughs> used yeah. to wear? I can't remember it's what kicker it was. I think it might have been for the Saints. He wound up getting a, a, a knee through it. Uh, it might have been uh -huh. Morton Anderson or somebody broke his nose. I couldn't remember, yeah. but I think they did away with uh, it because of him. It's hard to believe Joe Theismann, when he was the quarterback of the Redskins, was wearing a single bar football helmet. Well, it wasn't his face that got snapped into that one game. Oh, it was no. so grotesque. No, right Everybody that. got to that see that. Nasty. More with uh, one of our favorite guys, Lance Ankar, right after this. To the, top. to the top, you're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, 4th Street Bar and Grill sponsors this segment of the Eagle Hour. Today was Catfish Friday, and I guess they're still 
gathering things up for the time capsule we talked to a slate about yesterday. But don't let Friday get by you and think that there's not good food there. There's plenty to eat, always good, cold beers, always some sports on the TV, and you can always enjoy that Southern Miss memorabilia at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Strength and conditioning coach Lance Ankar is with us. Coach, we were talking off air about the heat, the humidity, and how it's affecting your kids. You were about to give us an interesting story about that. Yeah, uh, you know, first off, it's been one of the hottest summers that I can remember. And, uh, you know, at that 11 o'clock group, I actually mixed it up that day and I put the skill guys, you know, just to try to throw the big boys a bone because normally I keep them at 11 o'clock to put them in the heat. And uh, the skill guys, they, I gave them a water break and they were like, man, L.A. is too hot. Like, I don't even want water right now. Let's hurry up and get this workout over so, so we can go inside. And <laughs> I, I didn't even blame them. I was like, man, it is hot, you know. That yeah. one week, I think it was two weeks ago, where they had the heat advisory every day of the week Mm -hmm. it was it was steaming how does that affect you do you have to cut back on what you normally do no i think it's just reminding them to come hydrated uh and then you know obviously we're gonna have the trainers do a great job of making sure that we got cold water out there all the time for the guys but uh just having hydration packets afterwards to where they can rehydrate but um just trying to condition them and uh, acclimate them for what we're going to be going through during fall camp. And obviously it's the hardest on the 300-pounders. Yeah, and that's the reason why I try to get them in there because if they can handle it, you know, fourth quarter and 7 o'clock during uh, the fall, it won't even phase them. Yeah, that'll, that'll be like being out on a spring day after what they're used to. So you open up against Alcorn. Uh, I know you're a coach, so you're not going to say this, but – do you, do you oftentimes open with those types of games because it gives you maybe a little opportunity to look at your kids, see them under fire, but you're not under the pressure of, of, of really being concerned that if you're not at your very best, you might get beat? I, I think, you know, first, you know, it, it kind of goes to administration, you know, uh, about scheduling. But, you know, last year we opened up with Liberty. And, that was uh, tough. Yeah, that's a tough game to open up with. And I'm pretty sure Alcorn, you know, it won't be no slouch, you know. But uh, it will be good to see those guys under fire and uh, see how they respond to a little bit of adversity. And uh, I know one good thing about it, too, is that they're going to bring great fans and it should be a packed house. So yeah. it ought to be a great atmosphere for these guys to right. enjoy that first game. And particularly good am I right when you've got two new quarterbacks or three potential quarterbacks that you're still trying to decide who that guy is going to be that game could be important in establishing that yeah and you know that that that's something that I know the coaches you know that's more on their end but uh it's going to be good for me just to kind of see you know when a guy gets hit how they respond to it and um when being in that huddle and, uh, you know, it's third down and long, you know, those guys are going to be looking at them. And I think that trust is going to be built, you know, from that first game going forward. Right. Luke? What's the most rewarding for you? I mean, is it when there's a big play, a big catch, big tackle, big hit on a kickoff, you know, when, when everything kind of comes together, the strength and conditioning part as well as the coaching? The biggest part for me and the most gratifying, I think, is first and foremost, is one thing that we try to pride ourselves on is not cramping up, uh, you know, being tough. And then uh, fourth quarter, you know, I, I think that's another big one. And that's something that we really put an emphasis on this offseason is uh, we lost a couple games last year in the fourth quarter. So taking pride in – uh, imposing our will on the other team in the fourth quarter. I think that's something that, as a strength coach, that kind of uh, gives you a little, you know, little oomph, a little, you know, like, hey, I had something to do with that. 
Yeah. And in the world of strength and conditioning, anybody that's on social media has you know noticed over the years, weight rooms have been far more animated now than when you and I played. You know, it was like back in the day, you got excited and you know when guys would do stuff, but but now I mean, it's like the whole team surrounds a guy trying to get that last couple reps in. When did that that shift? And and I know it it makes the weight room a lot more exciting these days. Yeah, um, I, I think social media had a big part of it. Uh, you know, as a recruiting tool, but uh, I, I think just you know the the strength coach has to kind of build that environment to where you know if a guy's hitting a heavy number, I might stop the whole workout, get everybody over there. That way, they can cheer on their buddy. And uh, I, I think that's the one big part about football is that it's still won by the the guys. And uh, when you got all of your teammates over there cheering you on, it kind of gives you a little bit more uh, energy, a little bit more uh, power to to get that that rep up. So so for you, I mean that that's why you do it to build chemistry and camaraderie in in for the field, for the locker room, but in the weight room as well. Yeah, and you know, Coach Hall will talk about it all the time about the culture and that you know, I, I feel like that's one thing that I really do love about football is being able to build that culture with him and uh that AIE it, it means something on and off the field. So Coach Ankar, when you're putting these programs together, it's not realistic that a freshman generally would be able to do what say a senior could do you know in the weight room so how do you go about putting together these programs for different players and what is the expectation generally from year to year what would you expect player a to be different next year as opposed to this year yeah uh, I think with those freshmen it you want to kind of slow cook them almost like put them in a crock pot uh, nowadays it's hard sometimes because some of those guys have to come in and play. Uh, but what I try to do is, especially early on, um, is put them in their own group to where those freshmen are all by themselves and now they don't have to worry about being under that microscope of having older guys with them. They, they have that opportunity to learn and uh, to make mistakes without feeling judged. And then once they understand how we do it and the technique that goes with it, uh, how to – really sometimes even get rid of or get out of a bad situation. You know, when you're power cleaning, you don't want the bar to fall back on it. So even getting rid of the bar and learning how to escape, uh, putting yourself in bad situations, that's when I can kind of mix them in with the older guys. But, uh, yeah, it, it's still tough, especially at our level, because a lot of these guys we recruit, they need to come in and play. And, and it's, it's not just as simple, too, as how much weight you can lift. There's a lot more to it than that, yeah? Yeah, technique, um, you know, and uh, the one – thing I can also say is that here in Mississippi and I think it needs to make bigger grounds but a lot of these guys aren't taught the correct way so you have to kind of slow it down and, and and teach them how to do certain exercises because you know these guys are playing multiple sports all year round that they don't even get the chance to really even be in the weight room and if yeah, they- I, I do want to. I do want to ask something about that. I mean, I, I say this halfway jokingly, but because Will Hall knows everybody's grandmother and third cousin twice removed in the state of Mississippi, that that's surely though got to open up opportunities for you to be able to pour into high school coaches and in their strength and conditioning programs too, and, and kind of make Southern Miss uh, allow us to to make more connections that way. Because I know that. That if you can serve high schools that way, then when you get their kids, they're they're lifting better because they already know the techniques. Yeah, I, ever since COVID, you know, has been over with. I I'm open. Uh, any coach that wants to come by and see how we do things and and have a little chalk talk, and uh, I'm open to any coach because 
a lot of times we're recruiting their guys, but also just the, the love of it and making sure that these guys stay healthy. So uh, any coach out there that's a high school coach that wants to uh, get with me, I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm a guru, but if they want to come and watch how we do things and ask questions, I'm always open for it. And one of the problems you might have, too, is with, with multiple sport athletes. Obviously, a basketball and baseball player do not lift like football players lift. So if those were their primary sports in high school or whatever, they're way behind in the weight room. No doubt. And, you know, I've worked baseball, and you you know the difference in how they train. So uh, I I think that you you hit the nail on the head that a lot of guys, especially like if you play basketball, there's this misconception that they might mess up your shot so they don't really lift, you know. So uh, getting them and maybe even sometimes – teaching them that, hey, that's not necessarily true uh, and, and correcting some of those bad habits is, is a big part of it. All right, Coach, you were at South Alabama when you came here, correct? Uh, I was at Ole Miss. But then, Ole Miss. Yes, sir. Well, uh, you well, were probably well, well you, were at, you, you were at South Alabama. That's yeah, what we okay, yeah, were. Yeah, hey, I'm with you. I, that was my fault. You probably want to erase that <laughs> from your memory, that little stint up there. Yeah. Uh, and there, we had a sports writer the other day say they're the team to beat this year. Do you agree? I, I think – you know, obviously, I don't agree, but yeah, hey, if you look at the last couple of years, them and Troy, you know, they've been at the top. But uh, what a what a great challenge for us, you know, that hey, we we're still doubted. Nobody picks us, but nobody knows what we got brewing over here in Hattiesburg, and mm-hmm. hey, that's why you got to go out there and play these games on Saturday. Are you using that as motivation, picking picked fourth in the West? Have you mentioned that to the guys? I haven't, you know, because this offseason and I've done something different and just focusing on us. Like, what can we do to get better? And in the past, I focused on other teams, but I haven't even mentioned anybody on our schedule this offseason because I want us to be the best version. And if we're the best version of ourselves, then the rest will take care of itself. And if I'm not mistaken, what are we, five weeks from the opener? Hard, five weeks from tomorrow. Yeah. Hard to believe. Yeah, it's five been flying by. From yeah. tomorrow, the op- opening game. All right, so when we come back, Coach Ankar, you were the center for Will Hall, am I not right? Yes, sir. So we'll get to talk a little bit about what kind of we, – we know what kind of coach he is, and we love the guy here. We want to know what kind of football player he was. Oh, I would love to talk about that. Yeah, let's get out Don Henley's song, Dirty Laundry, and play yeah, it. Yeah, we're going to do it. And, and, he, and he listens, Coach, every day. Oh, well, hey, I, I, he knows that I'm a, always, you know, butter him up. That's my dog right there. <laughs> we'll be right back. Southern Miss to the top. All right, welcome back. Super Talk Eagle Hour. This segment sponsored by D1 and DBAT. Great uh, athletic training facility right there on Hardy Street. Great place to take your children for baseball and softball training. Great place uh, for adults to go to uh, for training of any sport. Also, I want to thank Mo Baby and Jay Company for their sponsorship of the show. 
I'm guessing Coach has had a couple of beignets at Mobay Beignet. My wife and kids have. I still haven't made my way over there yet, but I can't wait to do it. Trust me, it's worth going. Uh, and we had we had a beignet eating contest uh, last year between Kelly and Luke. Who would you think won that contest? That's hard, but I'm going go with Kelly. No. And really? Kelly got curb stomped. Golly. Luke ate six beignets in two and a half minutes. Big beignets. Kelly ate six beignets and drank some milk and I savor food in about fifteen minutes. I think. Yeah, he only ate one and a half beignets. I think when it was over with. Yeah, he didn't. Kelly was very disappointed. Yeah, six beignets in two minutes. I guarantee you had to have a lot of milk afterwards. Yeah, Luke Johnson's been at the training table. He knows what it's about. It didn't phase Luke. He went out and had a hot tamale dinner right after that. Was what we were told. Cast iron stomach. Is that right, Luke? Hot tamales on top of something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Something like. All right, Coach, tell us. We want to know about Will Hall, the football player. You were under center. Uh, you won the, the outstanding offensive lineman in Division Two while you were playing there. And so you know him really well. What was what was Coach Hall like as quarterback, Will Hall? Just a, a tremendous leader, um, led by example. You know, somebody that you can always count on, you know, and – the one thing that I can always say about him is that how tough he was. You know, he was a tough guy. He, you know, was a guy that we didn't have really a backup quarterback that we just trusted. So he was a guy that you like, Will, you know, don't run the guy over. Get out of bounds. You know, because we knew if, if he wound up getting hurt, you know, the season would go downhill. So he was that type of guy. First down, he's not looking for a way out. He's going to try to run you over. He's going to try to make plays. Uh, and – that, that's one thing that he still does now, and I think it carried him over as a coach. Like, he, you can see that excitement. You can see that, that effort that he brings every day. But, you know, just a true tough guy. Yeah, and he's doing well now. But how hard was that on him when he, when he first got here? It was tough on all of us, but especially on him because, you know, he, uh, he wears it on his sleeve. But also I think it, it's – uh, who he is, you know, we knew it was going to be a tough situation. We just didn't know how tough. And that's one great thing I can say about our staff that he put together is that uh, we all have each other's back and we, we supported each other through that. But um, we, we, he talks about it all the time about it's not what you're going through, it's what you're going to. And, you know, the things that we went through in that first season and last season, you know, it, it's going to make this season where when we do have the success, it's going to be uh, something that we can look back on and be proud because of all the tough times. Look. Is it true to, today is always find a way Friday? Is that what you call it on Twitter? Find a way Friday. Yes, sir. What is, what is all that about? Tell our listeners. So – Every day of the week, we have a theme. Um, you know, Monday, it'll be uh, Fast Monday or Max Effort Monday, and that's when we're focusing on speed work. Uh, so that day, you're not going to really get tested much condition. It's going to be more about your effort uh, on that particular rep and trying to do everything at 100%. Tuesday is more of a change of direction day. Uh, Wednesday, we do mobility. Thursday is a change of direction mixed with speed. But Friday is a day that I tell our guys that I'm going to throw everything at you. The whole kitchen sink, uh, you never know what's coming. And every day of the week, I can explain to you exactly why we're doing it and how it's going to help you on the field. On Fridays, it's about finding a way. And uh, we're going to condition, but it's also going to be maybe stuff that's unconventional, uh, stuff that you know you won't really find on on the football field, whether it be running stadiums or uh, 220s, which are like starting at one end zone, going all the way down to the other end zone and running back. So just things that, that test you mentally just as much as physically. Last thing from me, how's the, uh, how's the new turf looking? 
Oh golly, man, <laughs> it's it's unbelievable compared to the other one. And a lot of people have made the comment about how green it is, and I guess how old the other one was. You know, you just didn't realize how uh, I guess how green it's supposed to be until you see this new one. Yeah, it's nice. Have you got? Did you guys see the the pictures of a small college up in the north, and they put down a new turf field, and it's black. Really? Have you ever heard of anything like that? A black football field. I wouldn't want that here in Mississippi for sure. I was going to say, with 100-degree temperatures, no thank you. No shot. Yeah, no kidding. All right, Coach, what's your thoughts? Here, here we're, what, how long were we, Kelly? Five weeks from the opener well, tomorrow. So what's on Lance Ancar's mind here five weeks before the opener? I think just uh, a sense of uh, pride in how far these guys have come. Uh, you know, we put them through a, a tough summer and they've uh, responded and embraced everything that we threw at them. And uh, I, I can honestly say that I haven't pushed the team as much as I pushed this one. And uh, I'm just excited for them, and I just want to see that hard work pay off. But uh, I'm just so proud of this team and how far we've come and whether that equals, you know, going 12-0 and 0 or 0-12. Like, I'm proud of this team because of, of how far they've come and the leadership that they've shown and uh, just – how we became a team. Well, I'm predicting seven to eight wins. Kelly, I think, is a little below me. But I also think you're going to go beat Mississippi State. Hey, I'm right there with you. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Hey, real quick, uh, late news. Dickerson signed yesterday for $197,500. Matt Etzel signing earlier today for $167,000. So professional athlete signing under Lance Ancar Strength and Conditioning Program. Good stuff. There we go. Coach, thanks a lot. We always like having you here. Oh, I appreciate y'all having me. We'll be back Monday. Until then, Southern Miss. To, to the, the top. top. Sipping, sipping, sipping into the Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.